be blessed. We, we, we don't come prepared for God to do anything. We, we think we're supposed to get prepared after we get here. You know, and then by the time we get prepared, church is over with. So if you come, if you learn to come prepared to be blessed, guess what? You'll be blessed. And number two is we're not blessed because we come with the wrong attitude because we should come to bless Him. Hello, oh me, oh my, amen. We shouldn't be here for any other reason except to bless Him and to praise Him, as my brother said a while ago, and to just lift Him up and give Him glory, amen. And so we've come to do that tonight. In fact, why, why don't you one more time just give God a big praise tonight. Just give Him a big, He's worthy. He is so worthy. I count it a privilege to be able to stand in this pulpit again tonight uh, for an old friend who uh, who I met many, 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 many moon ago through uh, through Larry Craig, the Pleasant Grove Church of God, and uh, that those were the days. Me and uh, I, I said this morning, me and Jeff and his son sort of started in ministry together, uh, there in and around Pleasant Grove, and. Um, and uh, so we've sort of lost touch over the years because I went to Mississippi to pastor for a number of years. And, and uh, when you do that, you sort of lose touch with where people are and what's going on in their lives. But it's good to be back and uh, good to be back in this pulpit. Uh, I count it an honor any time I get an opportunity to stand in the pulpit because I understand that every time I stand behind this pulpit, somebody's life, somebody's, somebody's life depends on, on what I'm about to say. Amen. So I don't take it lightly, and I surely don't take it lightly these days that I don't get to do it every Sunday like I used to. Pastored for over thirty years, and uh, when when you when you don't do that anymore, it sort of it, it sort of burns in you, and you try you try to look for things to do on Sunday. You know, you go to church and you sit on the front pew, and 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 you're not the one preaching, and you're not the one, and, and so so I, I I've been blessed and. And uh, God has given me some opportunities to be here, and, and I appreciate that. Uh, I think she has my scriptures. It's going to be Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. If you can find that in your Bible, I read from the New King James Version most of the time when I'm preaching. But if you read from the King James, that's okay. It may be a little different, and it will be different if you read from some of the other versions. So, But I just wanted to give you a heads up that I do read from the New King James and uh, but I'm I'm I, it doesn't matter to me what version you got. I'm not one of those that I'm not one of those that believe it. It's got to be one version or the other version. It's the Bible, Amen. And uh, a lot of the these and thous in the King James. Guess what? That's just the way they talked back then. You know, I hear people I hear people today trying to talk in these and thous, and I'm like, oh, you know, we're in Alabama. Just say hey you, you know, and so. But it's, God is good. If you can, if, you, if you're able to, would you stand to your feet just briefly for the Word of God? If you can't, that's understandable. And again, let me say it is so good to have Brother Langford here with us tonight. I was shocked when he came in the door, and I know that you were. And uh, we just had prayer for him this morning, and then to see him walk in this evening was a, was a privilege. Uh, I don't know whether he's here because his wife went and told him, that crazy guy this morning, <laughs> you know. But uh, but it is good to have Brother Brother Langford in the house of the Lord with us tonight. And I know he would rather be up here preaching the Word of God. And I know that soon he will be. Brother, soon you'll be standing back up here, I believe, preaching the Word of God, even if you had to sit down to do it. Amen. I've had to do that before. 
in one of my accidents. And it's not easy, but it can be done. Amen. Luke 19, verse 1 through verse 10. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, and he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your home. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully, but when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to a guest to be a guest for the man who is a sinner. Anybody ever known anybody that just complained about everything? Hello. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I had taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, Today salvation is coming to your house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father God, we thank you for the presence of worship today, tonight. We thank you for your presence in our lives this evening. I thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our spirit, that we would hear and that we would receive what you have for us tonight. Let my mouth speak only the things that you would have me speak tonight, God. Let your presence be real to us in this place now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated in the house of God this evening. I, uh, I might need it tonight. I want to preach a message tonight simply entitled, Go Climb a Tree. Turn to your neighbor. Come on, husbands, don't be scared. Turn to your neighbor and say, why don't you just go climb a tree? Don't be scared. Come on now. I see the look on some of your husbands, some of you guys' face. Oh, no, I'm not looking at her and telling her to go climb a tree. But you know what? She didn't have no problem telling you to go climb a tree, did she? Amen. Go climb a tree. Maybe it's time that we, the church, learn to go climb a tree again. Maybe it's time we understand that maybe we need to throw some of our, 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 our petty things out the window and say, God, if you need me to climb a tree in order to get to where you are, then I'm willing to climb a tree. The problem is in the church today is we've got to the point where we're not as willing to do what we need to do anymore. To give you a couple examples before I get deep into the Word, I remember a day when people would come to the house of God early for church just to pray. Now you're lucky if we get to church five minutes before church time. Forget the praying. You know, there, there used to be things we did that prepared us for the presence of God. And, I, and I, I just believe tonight, Pastor, that if we're going to see the move of God in this pandemic that we're in, if we're going to see a move of God in 2020, in this day that we live in, we're going to have to get back to doing what we need to do to prepare ourselves for the move of God. We think just because we show up, God's just going to show up and move. It don't work that way. First of all, God doesn't just show up. He's already here. You know, we spend so much time trying to work him up to get him here, and he's already here. But 
I believe with all, as I said this morning, I believe with all of my heart that this can be the church's finest hour or its worst hour. That what if comes into play again tonight, and I may my sermon tonight may cross over to this morning, but 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 we need to get to a point where we understand that we're at a what if moment. What if the church just decided to climb a tree again? What if we just decided purpose, on purpose, I'm going to say it again, on purpose to just do what we need to do to have a move of God? Amen. Somebody said, well, if God wants to move, he'll move. No, it doesn't work that way. You're right. That, that is absolutely true. God will move anytime he gets good and ready to move. But you know what? When he looks down and sees his people doing what they need to do to make that move, worship, praise, getting involved, praying, serving. When God sees his people doing that, you know what he does? The Bible says that he stands up off the throne and he looks down and he says to himself, them are my children, and if my children are going to praise me, Gabriel, why don't you just go on down there and bless them? Amen. And so that's what I'm hungry for tonight. I, I just want... I just want God to move. And if it takes climbing a tree, so be it. Amen. If it takes going out in the parking lot and walking around this building for about ten times uh, with your hands raised, praising him, just do it. Amen. How, how many remember the days when we used to do that? I remember, man, as a kid, church got outside in the parking lot a whole lot of times. Pleasant Grove. I wasn't a kid then I was, but I was 18 when I started going there. But, but, but I guess I was still a kid. But I remember the old days at Old Pratt City Church of God, Old Pratt Highway. Man, church would end up in the parking lot more times than it didn't. As a kid, I'm looking around like, Mama, where are they going? Don't you worry about it. We having church. And I think about that, and there's some things I never want to go back to. There's some old school things that probably, you know, no disrespect, but 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 they had something then that I'm not sure we have today. They 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 had something then and that 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 we need to get back to. Because I never remember going into the house of God as a kid and not coming out seeing something God was doing. There was always somebody getting up out of a wheelchair, somebody being delivered from, from demonic uh, presence, somebody being saved, somebody being healed. Always something was going. God was doing something in every service. And we ask ourselves, what has happened to that? Maybe it's because we quit climbing trees. Maybe it's because we, we, we got so comfortable with the tree, we just started passing it by. Come on now, Hello. Amen. Now, I'm a pastor. I told you this morning, I'm a pastor. I don't preach like an evangelist. I, I preach pastor stuff. I, I've done that my whole life. So if I sound like a pastor when I'm preaching, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting on to you because you're not my church to get on to. But I'm just preaching pastor stuff. Amen. Because that's just who I am. But, but maybe it's time we quit walking by the tree and stop at the tree. Maybe it's time we quit walking by the cross and, and God forbid, stop at the cross again. Maybe it's time we stop trying to get other people to cross, and God forbid, maybe we need to get back to the cross. Hello. Some of us act like we don't ever need to be saved again. Oh, Lord. You mean you're one of those that think we need to get saved ever so often? Absolutely. We need to get refilled with the Holy Spirit ever so often. If you ain't spoken a prayer in your prayer language in tongues in more than a week, you need to get refilled. Hello. 
quit saying you're Pentecostal or Spirit-filled if you ain't spoken in tongues and prayed in your prayer language in more than a week. And if you ain't prayed in six months, something's wrong. You didn't get baptized in the same spirit I did. Because I, I can be riding down the road, Pastor. And people think I've lost my mind. I know they do. Because, you know, I, I, ride by, I ride down Interstate 65 sometime, and I see them in their car. They're juking out. You see them? What's the first thing you think of? That joker's crazy. But then I think, you know, that must be what people think about me when I'm listening to praise and worship music. You know, I can put Judy Jacobs on or Clint Brown, and you can't hardly drive the vehicle. <laughs> You're like, they'll pull you over for drunk driving, sister. You better be careful. I was leaving Brownsville Assembly of God Revival one night when we pastored in Foley. Trying, and it ain't but 30 miles to Foley where I live. About halfway home, I guess I was doing this. State trooper pulled me over and says, what's the matter with you, son? And I almost got in trouble. I almost said, I'm not your son. <laughs> that would have got me in a lot of trouble. But uh, you been drinking? No, sir, I hadn't been drinking. Well, yeah, I have been drinking. But I ain't been drinking what you think I've been drinking. Where you coming from? Well, I'm coming from Brownsville. You know what he said next? Oh, you one of those. Just get back in your car and keep driving. I guess he was afraid what I had was going to rub off on him. He don't want to talk no more about that. But I'm telling you, if we're going to ever get back to that, can I just stop right here and, and, and say, I'm tired of the church saying we want revival. I'm sick of it. I've had enough. I've heard it enough. Amen. We want revival. We want revival. Oh, that's okay. But when are we going to do what we need to do to have revival? When are we going to fall on our knees? When are, we, when are we going to lay prostate in our living room again? When are we going to get out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning when the Holy Spirit wakes us up and instead of getting a, taking a pill and going back to sleep, when are we going to get out and lay on the floor and just cry out and say, Oh, God, you woke me up. Now what do you want to say to me? When are we going to get back to doing what we need to do? Because until we do that, honey, we're never going to have revival. But let me give, that was free. Now let me give it to my sermon. This is a very familiar scripture, very familiar story, but maybe I'm going to go in a little different direction than maybe what we've heard before because it's time we go climb a tree. We look at Zacchaeus. Who was Zacchaeus? The name Zacchaeus simply means pure or justified. His parents gave him a name, and they didn't realize they were being prophetic. They gave him a name that means pure and justified, but there was... As he became an adult, and the things that he did was it was anything but pure and justified. In fact, the New King James Version says he was the chief tax collector. The King James Version says, I like this, I like King James better on this. It says he was the chief publican. In other words, he was he was about as bad as they get. In fact, most Bible scholars and most Israel history have him being worse even than. Matthew. And then nobody like Matthew. In fact, in that day, a tax collector, especially a Jewish tax collector, collecting taxes from his own Jewish compadres was considered nothing more than a dog. He was considered a Roman lapdog. 
He was hated among the Jewish community. He was the lowest of low, the scum of the earth. But somewhere along the line, his mother and daddy must have had insight that there would come a day when their son would be pure and justified and holy. They must have had insight somewhere in their spirit because they named him pure and holy. But it took Zacchaeus a minute to get there. How many of you ever had kids that it just took them a minute to get there? One of mine still isn't there yet. Good boy, good father, good husband, but he's not there yet. He doesn't go to church like he needs to. He doesn't serve God like he needs to. He's all this other good stuff, but the one thing he's not, he's not, he's not, he's not what, I, what God wants him to be. But he's getting there. Sometimes it takes people a while to get there. And sometimes when we get there, we get derailed and it takes us a minute to get back there. It took Zacchaeus a minute to get there, but somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus must have heard about this man Jesus. I don't know why he was there. I don't know why he showed up. But there had to be something inside of him that said, there's something about this man Jesus that caused him to show up that day. But Zacchaeus, he was a hated man. He was a, a man that was spit upon by his Jewish friends and family. He, he no doubt probably wasn't invited to any family reunions. He probably didn't have many Jewish friends. He hung out in Roman circles. He hung out in the enemy's camp, so to speak. And guess what? You hang out in the enemy's camp long enough, you'll become part of the enemy's camp. You know, he, he, he had a Jewish name, but he dressed like the Romans. He smelled like the Romans. He looked like the Romans. And to the Jewish family and friends that he had, he was, in all intents and purposes, a Roman. Can you imagine going through life without being invited to your family Christmas, your family Thanksgiving, without, without being invited to the family reunion? There's a birthday party going on, going on down at the, at the splash pad, but nobody invited you. Think about that. Think, think about it for a minute. But that's who he was. He had, he had, he had come to terms with who he was. he was. He was very wealthy. See, tax collectors have always been the wealthiest people, apparently. He was a wealthy man. But to the Jewish people and to his family, it was filthy wealth. It was, it was dirty wealth. It was dirty money because of what he did. He was, he was chief of what he did, and he, he was the worst at what he did. But none of that, none of that stopped Jesus from stopping by that day. None of it stopped Jesus from calling him out of that tree that day. None of them, none of it, none of Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter who you've done it with. It doesn't matter what you've snorted up, drunk up, or slept up. God still loves you. Now, I know you might not be used to the preachers getting up here and saying that. I just, you know, I'm just a little crazy. But it doesn't matter who and what you've done it with because Jesus still loves you. Come on. So I was raised old school. You know, I, I was raised old school, and I, I love some of those old school people. Brother A.O. Trail was my very first pastor. He was my very first mentor way back years ago at the old Pratt Highway Church of God, Pratt City. I grew up with him. 
and I respect him. But, you know, uh, we made things back then so much about this that we forgot about this. But, you know, Jesus has never made it about this. Jesus just wants to know where you are right here. And that's what made him stop that day and look up at Zacchaeus. He knew there was something about Zacchaeus he could use. Because if a man climbs a tree, if a man takes time to do what Zacchaeus did, he may be a heathen, he may be a hated man, he may be the chief of all publicans, but there's something inside of him that wants what is coming down that road. Amen. That's the way I always look at it. If you're in church, there's something about you that need to be here. I remember when we went to Foley, Alabama to pastor, and, and I'm sure my brother knows where that is, but when we went down there to pastor, they were running 15 or 20 at the time. And they were actually, they would actually turn people away at the door because they wouldn't, wouldn't dress right. Anybody know where Foley is? If you've been through there, you know the beach is just that down the road. They'll come to church on the way to the beach. That's just, you just have to learn to deal with it. If you don't, you'll never make it down there. And so I got there and I saw what was going on. So I had a meeting and I said, here's what we're going to do from now on. If they come in this parking lot, if they walk through them doors, it's because they stopped and they came in because something in their spirit needs something from Jesus. It needs something from God. They're walking in this building because they need something. They're climbing this tree because they need something. And we ain't turning nobody away. It doesn't matter to me. I don't change people. Jesus does. Come on. So Zacchaeus, something inside of him made him climb the tree. Now, to me, the tree is very interesting. The tree is maybe where I'm going to stay just a moment because the tree is very interesting. How long had that tree been there? Think about it. We're in the desert. Yeah, first of all, it's a sycamore tree. It's not an American sycamore tree. An American sycamore tree goes about 80 feet tall, and it's slick all the way up with no limbs on the bottom. A sycamore tree in the Middle East it goes about 60 feet tall, but it's spread out. It's got limbs that, that, you, that can be climbed. But, but, but there's something interesting about that tree is when you study it, you find that it had been there for literally hundreds of years. Now, wait a minute. There have been sandstorms. There have been windstorms. If you've ever been in the desert, honey, don't think it's just hot. There's some wind that blows. It had stood through the windstorms. It had stood through sandstorms. It had stood through somebody even probably trying to chop it down. It had, it had probably stood through disease. And the tree, it had stood for all of those years. Why? Why would it stand there in that spot for all of those years for that long? I'll tell you why. Because one day, hundreds of years later, a young man named Zacchaeus was going to come by. And there was going to be a man named Jesus coming down the road. And he was going to have to use that tree as a tool to get to where he needed to be with God. Can I tell you, God is guarding your tree. There are those that would chop your tree down if they could. There are those that would destroy your destiny's tree. But God is guarding it, waiting on you and I to arrive at it so that he can 
push us to where we need to be. Think about how long that tree had been there. And let me tell you, nobody else could nobody else could use that tree the way Zacchaeus could. That tree was intended. See, I'm just dumb enough to believe that tree was planted and watered and tilled by God and intended over those many years for one purpose, for Zacchaeus. Amen. You say, well, that tree gave shade to a lot of folks. Yeah, it probably did. But the purpose of that tree was for one reason. It was for Zacchaeus to come along and climb up in and discover who Jesus was and then discover who he was or could be in Jesus. Hello. See, some of you pray every day, God, show me my destiny, show me my destiny, show me my future, show me. And you're walking by it every day of your life. Because it's just a tree to you. It, it's just a nothing to you. You're not paying it. But let me tell you, maybe it's time to stop. I said this morning, maybe it's time to stop and recognize what you already have. Because what you already have may be the tools that God has put in your life for you to achieve your destiny. Amen. Quit looking for it in a pretty Christmas wrap box with a pretty bow on it. It might be in an ugly box. It might be in a cardboard box. It might not be in a gold box. Your tree might not be an old tree. It might be an old slimy sycamore tree. It might, you know, quit, quit looking for your destiny the way you want to see it. How many times you, do you reckon Zacchaeus passed by that tree in his life? Many. But we don't even know. He might have passed by that tree every day. There's places in Birmingham, if you drive, you pass every single day. Am I right? You don't think anything about it. You're just used to passing it. Somebody asks you, did you notice? No. Well, you didn't notice what I was going to know. Because you, you, get, you get focused and you're driving and you pass it every day. And you're not paying much attention to some of the changes that are going on. Hello. He probably passed that tree every day. But never knew one day that tree would become a stepping stone to his destiny. In fact, that tree was his destiny. And God protected it by angels. Can I tell you that the, every time the devil tries to destroy your tree, God will send a warring angel from heaven. And he'll say, not today. Not today. I, I'm not going to let you destroy that tree. That tree got purpose. That It's got purpose. I, 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 need, I need so-and-so to pass by it one day. And he won't let the enemy tear it down. Right in the middle of this pandemic, I know we're full of fear. But let me tell you what. God will not allow the enemy to tear down your tree. God, sister, I just feel like stopping right here and, and let you know the enemy's tried to tear down your tree so many times. But here you still sit. Why? Because, because God has sent warring angels to protect your tree. Just keep praising him. Just keep magnifying him. Don't you dare stop. Because your praise is what's keeping heaven guarding your tree. Don't you dare stop. But there were some obstacles to, to Zacchaeus that day. I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. There were some obstacles that day. The first obstacle was the crowd itself. Verse 3, the first part of that verse says that he could not see Jesus for the crowd. Can I tell you that many times, here's the pastor going to kick in again. Many times the, the one thing that's keeping you from getting to where you need to be in Jesus is that person sitting next to you on the church pew. 
ouch, hello, it's your coworker. It's that person you think is your best friend. They mean well. They, they, they sit on the pew every Sunday. They, they come to church. They pay their tithes. They mean well. But the problem is, is everybody can't go where God got you going. And you need to figure that out. Because if you keep sitting by them and keep hanging out with them, they'll keep you halfway up the mountain. And God's got you going all the way up the mountain. You remember the story of Abraham and Isaac. They got halfway up the mountain, and Abraham looked at his servants, who went with him, by the way, everywhere he went. It was Abram, then it wasn't Abram. But they went with him everywhere. But halfway up, he looked at them and said, y'all stay here. Y'all can't go where we're going. We're going to a higher place. Can I tell you, they mean well, and they, they're good people, and they're your friends. But if, if they can't go where you're going, then you need to move away from them. You need, to, you need to understand God's got something for you that they're not ready for yet. And so the, 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 the biggest obstacle in Zacchaeus' life are all of those other people that were there to see the same person he was. Hello. That's a whole other sermon. Because so many times it's the very people that are there to get in touch with Jesus that will keep you from getting to Jesus yourself. But you've got to make your mind up. You're going to find a way to get to him. It doesn't matter. Because you know what? They'll be standing right beside you and you're trying to worship and they're on their cell phone. Or they're saying, or they're punching you in the side and saying, hey, you see what so-and-so got on this morning? Listen, I pastored a long time. I know what goes on. See, if you, when you stand up here for a little while, that's a whole other sermon, brother. I've seen people clip their fingernails. I, I had one man at Tarrant. He would put his feet, he would put his feet up in his wife's lap, and she would clip his fingernails or his his toenails in the middle of church. I kid you not. I stopped one day. Remember this morning I preached about. I stopped one day, one Sunday morning, and I, I stood there. And, and I had people eyeball. I wouldn't even look over here because I knew eyes were cutting. Like, don't you do it. You ever had that happen? Don't you do it. Don't you say it. I couldn't help myself. I stopped. I said, well, when sister so-and-so gets through clipping. I promise you I did. But you know what? They took it in love. And they were back next Sunday. Now, that could have split the church over fingernails. So I've seen all kind of things. But what I, I said all that to say this. If you've got a purpose to get to God, if you've got a purpose in your own life to get beyond where you're at, you may have to make some tough decisions to move away from those that you're sitting with, from those that are in your life, from those that are holding you back. They don't mean to hold you back. They don't mean to stop you from worship. They don't mean to keep you halfway up the mountain, but they do because that's who they are. Because that's as far as they're ever willing to go. Some people are only willing to go halfway up. Halfway up won't do it for me. Halfway up won't do it for my life. I need all the way up. I don't want to just be half blessed. Try getting half dressed one some morning, getting in your car and driving to work. 
David, where's your shirt? Well, I decided I'd get half-dressed today. Well, you won't work here long like that. Try just taking half a shower. How's that going to work out for you? Try just brushing half of your teeth. I mean, how's that going to work? Try brushing half of your hair. You wouldn't do that. That sounds silly. So why in the world are we willing to just go halfway up the mountain with God? Why in the world are we just satisfied with halfway blessed? That's where the church is today. We're satisfied with halfway. You said that's not the truth. But yeah, it is. Look at our church views. And it didn't just happen during this pandemic. There have been people leaving churches by the hundreds for years. Every denomination. Because somebody told them they can get what they need to get by sitting at home watching some cat on a television. I got no problem with that. Some of them, me and Sister Pastor was just talking about that. Man, I love T.D. Jakes. I can free, I can, man, I can, man, I, I love him. I love Jensen Franklin. I can have some church with Jensen Franklin. But you know what? When I need a pastor, I ain't calling Jensen Franklin. When I need a pastor, I'm not calling T.D. Jakes. When I need somebody to stand by my side when all hell breaks loose, when I need somebody to stand by my side and everything in my life I thought was holy and good is suddenly gone, I need somebody to stand beside me that will pray with me. That's free. Pastor didn't pay me a thing to say that. I don't know any of your business. But I'm just here to tell you that if you want revival here at this local body of believers and church, you're going to have to be willing to climb a tree if need be. You're going to have to be willing to do what is necessary and push the crowd back. Zacchaeus could not get to Jesus because of the crowd. Finally, he looked up and realized he had to do something. The second obstacle he had was an obvious one. I'm going to try to stay on track here. But the second obstacle he had was his short in stature. The crowd wouldn't have been a problem if the man hadn't have been four foot tall. I don't know how tall he was, but it just says he was short in stature. And I'm not, I'm not bouncing off you folks that are short. <laughs> it just happens to be in my sermon. But it became an issue for him. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't see Jesus because of his stature. He couldn't see Jesus because of his physical, his physical self. Sometimes we get in a, and so the second obstacle, the first obstacle was the people around him. The second obstacle should have been probably the first one in my sermon because the second obstacle was himself. Sometimes the one thing that keeps you from getting to your blessing and to your destiny is you. In fact, most times it's you because you let somebody hurt your little feelings over the years and you can't get over it. A pastor preached something you didn't like and you can't get over it. Or somebody said something over the years that, that bothered you and you can't get over it. Most of the time we can't get to our blessing because of us. And that person we think hurt us, they've done moved on. And we come to church and we see them being blessed and we just can't figure it out. Because we're stuck in our own, going back to this morning, we're stuck in our own what ifs. 
And if you get stuck in your own what ifs, they'll 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 bind you, they'll tie you, they'll they'll mess you up, they'll they'll bring bitterness and anger and they'll bring fear and you won't be able to breathe and you won't be able to move and you won't be able to worship. You gotta get out of yourself. Looking back over the many years of pastoring, I can honestly stand here and say now that I'm on the outside looking in that a lot of my issues over the years as pastor wasn't y'all. A lot of it was me. I'm just going to admit it. I made sometimes the wrong decision, looking back at it. But how many know hindsight's 2020? You can always look back on it and say, well, you know. And, and, and I've been told that many times, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just don't see it until you get on the outside and look it in. And so Zacchaeus became his own worst problem. Maybe it was... You know, sometimes it's hurt, sometimes it's pain, sometimes it's sickness, sometimes it's financial problems, sometimes it's marital problems, sometimes it's children problems, sometimes tragedy has struck, and we can't let that, we just can't get that out of our way. And it binds us and hinders us from seeing what God wants us to see. Pastor didn't fold it. I got there, you know, the first thing when you go to a new church, the first thing the people of God want to do is give you a list of all those folks that hadn't been to church in six months, and they want you to visit all of them. I used to do that, brother. Then I figured out some of them God just moved out of the way. Because I went back and got some of them, and God said, I didn't tell you to go get them. But you just do, because you're trying to build a church. And so I, I, I went to visit this couple. They had been gone about... I don't know, they've been gone about 14 years. Been gone a long time. They haven't gone to church anyway. But the people said, oh, brother, that's good. Pastor, you just, they're good people. And I think if you go visit them, you can get them to come to church. Why do you think I can get them to come to church? The last 15 pastors you had couldn't get them to come to church. But I went and visit them. They gave me a glass of tea. I gave Linda a glass of tea. We sat and talked to them. You know the first thing we heard out of their mouth? I know you're here to invite me down to that church, but I'm just going to let you know up front, I can't go back down to that church. Oh, okay. Hello. What happened? Well, you know, and apparently about 15 years before I got there, the pastor had messed up. It happens. I'm not making light of it, honey, but, but, but for the grace of God, we need to be careful. But for the grace of God, it happens to the best of folks. The devil's on the rampage. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Honey, and that's God's honest truth. And he's seeking whom he may devour even greater today than he's ever been. And so they had been out of church for 15 years because, and I'm not going to call his name. And I looked at him, and I said, I hear what you're saying. But let me tell you something about that man. That man got forgiveness. Him and his wife got back together. They've got a great relationship. He's pastoring again. He's forgiven. God is using that man. He's one of the most anointed people I know. And you're still sitting in your living room 15 years later mad and won't go to church. You, and, and, and the prime example is he couldn't get out of his own way. He couldn't, he couldn't get out of his own anger. He couldn't get out of his own bitterness. And it hindered him from getting to what God wanted him to have. Zacchaeus made up his mind. 
I'm not going to let the crowd stop me, and I'm not going to let myself stop me. I'm not going to let anything stop me to doing what I came here to do. When you come to the house of God, if you need a miracle, don't you let anybody around you stop you from getting to your miracle. Amen. If you got to get up and move to the corner of the building all by yourself and worship with your eyes closed, don't you let anybody else keep you from getting to where you need to be with God that day. Amen. Because the saddest thing in the world to me is to see somebody leave the house of God and get home and call me on the phone and say, Pastor, I realize now I should have came down to the altar. You know, you can still get what you need to get at home, but it would have been so much easier right here. So Zacchaeus, the third obstacle he had was the tree itself. He was a short man. It couldn't have been easy to climb that tree. It couldn't have been easy to jump up to that first limb. It couldn't have been, it couldn't have been easy for him to make a decision to do what he did. Because by the time he got up in the tree, Jesus could have been moved on. And see, that's what we think sometimes. Well, you know, by the time I, by the time, you know, there's been two wrecks on the interstate. By the time I get to church, church is going to be over anyway. Let me just go ahead and turn around and go back home. Now, see, that's different from what I said this morning. Some people just show up, show up 45 minutes late for church just because they don't, they don't want to be there long enough to get anything. But then there are those that everything in the world will happen. I've had it happen to me as a pastor. I've been on the way to church, and man, flat tires. Man, I was on the way to church about five years ago, right up here on Interstate 59, right before you get to the intersection of 59 and, and 280, the 31st Street, the, the big ramp there, the big intersection there, and my tire blew out. And if you know what I'm talking about, there is nowhere to pull over. You got a wall right there. Well, there is now because they've redone it all, but back then there was a wall. And you couldn't get out. I couldn't get out of my vehicle. It's Sunday morning. I'm supposed to preach. I can't get there. Make a long story short, I showed up just about the time they were getting ready to hand the preacher the microphone. But what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the enemy will keep you from climbing that tree any way he can. But Zacchaeus purposed in his heart. He was going to climb the tree, and he climbed it. And he looked over, and he saw the man that he came to see, and it changed his life. Can I tell you, if you will do what's necessary, he will change your life. Come on now. He will change your circumstance if you make the effort to do what you need to do. If he sees you climbing that tree, he'll bless you. But going back to that what if, what if, Zacchaeus had said, oh, well, it's not my day today. Oh, well, it wasn't my day to be blessed. How many times have we heard that as pastors? It just wasn't God's will to bless me today. Where do we get that stuff? I'm serious. I want to know, where do we get that stuff? It just wasn't God's will to, to do anything in my life today. We've made ourselves believe that junk. We've allowed the devil to make us believe that junk. It is absolutely God's will to bless you every time you come into his presence. But what if Zacchaeus had just said, oh, well, I'm just going back to my tax collecting job. Maybe next time he'll bless me. 
Maybe next time I'll get to see. No, maybe there won't be no next time. Maybe you won't make it back to church. Maybe you won't have another opportunity. Amen. Zacchaeus took the opportunity to climb the tree. And when Jesus looked up and saw him, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. Come on down. I see you up there. Come on down because salvation's coming to your house tonight. Come on down, Zacchaeus. You see, you don't got to pray no big prayer. You don't got to say no, no, you don't, you don't have to be on a 40-day fast. That's all well and good. You don't have to say a big prayer. You don't have to, you don't have to do the right motions in the praise and worship. You don't have to, you don't have to do all the right things because all, all you got to do is just lift those hands up and he'll see you. He's watching. The Bible says his eyes go to and fro, the earth over, to and fro, looking for somebody he can bless. Looking for somebody he can honor his word with. Looking for somebody he can move from halfway up to all the way up. What if Abraham had not gone all the way up? Think about that. What if he had not carried Isaac all the way up? What if the widow woman this morning had not filled all the jars up? What if the widow woman this morning had not fed Elijah her last meal? What if? What if? The day you got saved, you decided to stay home that day. Think about it. I I keep going back to a time when I was 22 years old and had been told, David, you're never going to walk again. You're paralyzed. Your back is broke. Both feet are broke. Both ankles are broke. Every bone in your left foot and ankle is completely crushed. You'll never put it back on the ground. What if I'd stayed home that night? They were having an Alabama Church of God count meeting at the old fairground arena with Floyd Lahan preaching. What if I had looked at my wife and said, I don't want to go tonight? Where would I be today? I'll tell you where I'd be. I'd be sitting in that doggone wheelchair all these many years later, and I'm 57. I hate to admit it, but I am. I'd be sitting in that doggone wheelchair all these many years, but because I made a decision to get up and go. And sitting in that service, when, he, when they called this prayer line up on stage, you know, that's where we used to do it. We used to bring people up on one end, walk them through prayer line, and we'd take them down the other end. We, we, somewhere along the line, we found out that was dangerous. You know, but that's what we did back then. And, and that was, all them people were getting up, and they're going through this prayer line. They're getting up. They're walking. Thousands. That was back when Church of God Count Meeting was just thousands were there. I'm sitting about halfway back. Two of my friends in ministry came over. Said, David, won't, won't you let us help you up on stage? No. Don't want to go tonight. Because I had let all these other things get in my way. Even though I knew God could do it. Even though I knew God had just healed my unborn baby because we were told to abort and we made a decision. Now, all this is going on. I'm, I'm seeing God do It's sort of like those disciples this morning inside the boat. They, they were complaining, they, they, they were scared when they saw Jesus walking on the water, and, but Jesus wasn't concerned with their, their inability to do that. He was more concerned with, they had, they had just seen him feed 20,000 people. They were dusting the crumbs off of their last miracle when they found themselves in a storm. And so, I knew God, I've seen God, and I, and I said, no, I don't feel like it. You know what one of them told me? He looked at me, he said, well, David... The way I see it, you got two choices. 
you can either get up and let us help you up on that stage or we're going to carry you up on that stage. And so I said, okay, because I didn't want to be embarrassed. I said, okay. I, I tell you, I was fighting it. I don't know why I was fighting it, but I had had enough. I was tired. I was, I was just, all I know is when I walked across that stage, those crutches went one way. They had the wheelchair waiting on me at the foot. Those crutches went one way. I went the other way, and I've been going the other way ever since. But you know what? That day, the enemy tried to keep me from climbing that tree. He tried to keep me sitting in that old rickety, uncomfortable stadium seat chair. And I think about that day many times, brother, and I think, what if I had stayed in that chair? I'd still be in a chair. If you keep passing your tree, if you keep passing your tree, there will come a day when you'll pass that tree for the last time. But one thing I know is that tree isn't meant for anybody else. You see, I've heard it preached. I used to hear it preached all my life because it was taken out of context. If you don't get your blessing, somebody else will. I hate to bust your bubble, but that ain't scriptural. But we've heard it all our lives. I've heard it all my life till I got old enough to study this. And I realized that my blessings are mine. If I choose not to get them, they just stored up in a room in heaven till I get ready for them, until I, until I make up my But God's not giving your blessing to me. He's not giving my blessing to you. They're stored up until we arrive. Zacchaeus' tree was protected until he arrived at it. And when I say arrived, I don't mean pass it, because he had passed it many times. But when he arrived at it in his mind, and he realized, that tree I've been passing it my whole life is there for me to climb. Man. And when he made the decision to climb it, it changed his life. If you want to be changed tonight, you've got to make a decision to say, God, what is it I need to do to get to where you need me to be? And then you got to be, can I, can I say in Alabama, can I say at your church, you're just going to have to shut up after that and let God speak. Once you say, God, what do I need to do? Shut up. I'm glad there ain't no kids in the building. <laughs> I'm supposed to say shut up. But that's what we need to be. Some of us have a hard time shutting up. And I've heard God say, if you'll just shut up, I can say something. But you've got to be willing to say, God, what do I need to do? My children are lost. My children are on drugs. God, what do I need to do to get them back home? My marriage is going astray. What do I need to do to get it back on track? My, my church is falling apart. What do I need to do to help get it back on track? My bills are needing to be, but what do I need to do to get it back on track? Well, I'm telling you where you need to start. You need to give your tithe. That's free. Didn't nobody ask for that one. I'm so tired of people coming up to me and saying, Pastor, my bills, I'm going to lose my house. Well, have you been paying your tithes and giving in the offering and been faithful? Well, no, I haven't been able to. Well, let's start right there, okay? Don't ask God what you need to do if you're not willing to hear the answer. 
Because as I said this morning, God just has the audacity to give you the answer. And it might not be what you wanted. Zacchaeus didn't want to climb a tree. And I'm bringing this airplane to a landing. Zacchaeus didn't want to climb a tree. That was the last thing on his mind when he got there that day. He was a dignified man. He was a rich man. He probably dressed real nice. He probably had the suit and tie on. He didn't have the blue jeans on. He had the suit and tie on. He was a dignified man. He had no intentions of climbing a dirty tree in the middle of the desert. He just wanted to, he just wanted to see who this man was everybody was talking about. He was, out, he was there for one reason, curiosity. But when he got there, he got stirred. <laughs> Uh-oh. You want to know why you need to be in the house of God? You, know you want to know why it's important that we reopen our doors? You want to know why it's important that we, we get to the house of God every opportunity that we can because it's there that we get stirred. I'm sorry, you can't get stirred in your living room like you get stirred in the house of God. You just can't. You can't get stirred up in your spirit at home by yourself. Get, getting up and getting your Mountain Dew out of the refrigerator. Getting your cup of coffee. Going to the bathroom while church is on. So how do you know you can't, Pastor? Because I did all of it. For three months. And it hit me one day, what are you doing? You're supposed to be watching church. I've been in this all my life. And I found myself right in the middle of, right in the middle of the worship online. I'd get up and go get me a Mountain Dew. You know? I'd go get me a cup of coffee. I'd have to go get me a honey bun. Start eating it. And then it hit me. I'm supposed to be watching church. But there are things you, you're comfortable doing at home that you would never do at church. You're locked in at church. And so you, you just you, you can't get stirred up. Now you can to a certain point. I get stirred up listening to T.D. Jakes, but there's a limit. I, I need to hear what I heard from this sister this morning. I need to hear what I heard from Sister Pastor this morning. I need to see what I saw this morning. I need to see what I've seen tonight. I need to see hands raised and people worshiping, praising God and telling what God has done for them. It stirs me up. Something happened to Zacchaeus that day. He got stirred up. And, he, and when you get stirred up, you'll find a way. If you, had, if, you, if you hadn't found a way to get what you need from God, you just hadn't got stirred up enough. Brother either said tonight or this morning, one, your stirs broke. Something's wrong. Amen. If, if you can't feel nothing, your feelers messed up. Zacchaeus got there for one reason, but he got stirred up. And he said, I'm not going to let the crowd stop me. I'm not going to let myself stop me. And I'm not going to let this tree stop me. I'm going to get up in this tree one way or the other. He's like that person that comes to church. When I get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm not going to hit the floor. I'm not going to mess my suit up. Those are the ones that, <laughs> that usually leave all messed up. I can imagine Zacchaeus left that tree that day all messed up. All messed up. And then the complainers hit, and they said, well, Jesus is going to go eat dinner with a sinner. See, we do that, don't we? We watch Jesus clean somebody up, and we say, well, how could he clean that joker up? Can I tell you, 
if the world's worst sinner walked through that, that door, it's our responsibility to wrap an arm around them and love them. I don't care what they've done or what we perceive they've done because Jesus died for all. Amen. He died for all. And he died for Zacchaeus. And, and Zacchaeus made a decision that night. Stand to your feet or I'll keep preaching. I don't even know how long I've preached. I, I, I forget y'all got that clock back there. I don't even look at it. Does that, do you look at it, brother? Laughing about it? I didn't think I remembered you being a clock watcher. But every time I read this story and every time I preach it or teach it, I'm reminded that Zacchaeus had the audacity to just do what he needed to do. It didn't matter who saw him. It didn't matter who was looking. It didn't matter what they were saying about him. It didn't matter to him that nobody in the crowd liked him. He knew he was hated, but he got stirred up. He got stirred up. 